So the celebrity food network chef, Giada De Laurentiis, known for her incredible Italian cooking, mm-hmm. uh, she is making headlines and turns out she developed an addiction to sugar. No kidding. She was just running a mile a minute doing all these cooking shows. Sometimes what she would do is dip a sugar cube in espresso and eat it. And that was her way of getting through and having enough energy. Um, she would eat jam right out of a jar, just take a huge spoonful. No and the sugar, it, it, she was looking for energy. Well, it gave her a quick fix, and then she developed all these health problems. Hmm. And so she's written a new cookbook that all started with her addiction to um, to sugar, and she's trying to help people get healthy. And I'm really intrigued by it. It's called Eat Better, Feel Better, My Recipes for Wellness and Healing Inside and Out. Hmm. And she said it was tricky because she like was so used to seasoning chicken, for example, with something that was prepackaged. You just reach for it and done. Chicken's ready. And she had to like almost like reach. Here's a professional chef retraining herself how to cook healthy. So I definitely want to check into it. Coming up in just a minute. Do you have a legendary wedding story? This couple is going to be telling this one for years. Do you have a legendary wedding story? This couple is going to be telling this one for years. Andrew and Marley were getting married in a very romantic setting on a dock Overlooking Lake Tahoe. Wow. Everything was perfect until the groom dropped the bride's ring. Plop, (laughs) it went right into the lake. Andrew wanted to jump in and get it, but the pastor convinced him not to, and they proceeded with the ceremony. Well, guess what? A scuba diver volunteered to go search for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Took him thirty minutes, but he found the ring. All right, back with the back on the bride's <laughs> finger. I can't believe he found it. Whoops. Well, I mean, they did have a pretty small area, and it's a lake, so there's not a lot of tidal yeah. water. You know, tides coming in, coming out to wash it all around. So, yeah, that what a way to start. Dropping though. stuff on a dock is just not good. I and, dropped my glasses on a dock once, and a piece of the glass went into. The ocean. I guess that was never found again. No, huh? it was not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun, though, to swap some wedding stories. Do you have a good wedding story of something that went wrong or just something that went sideways during your wedding? So let's do this. Swap some uh, stories of uh, you guys getting married or maybe somebody you know. I've got a good one. My aunt and uncle I'll share with you in a minute uh, of things going wrong during the wedding ceremony. Hey, Tina, we're so glad you called. We're sharing stories about things going wrong at a wedding. My, my aunt and uncle, aunt, Uncle Bobby and Aunt Kathy, when they got married, they, they had to kneel in front of the altar as they were getting, you know, exchanging their vows. So they wrote on the bottom of my Uncle Bobby's shoes, help me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so what's your story? Uh, we are a blended family. We've been, my husband and I have been married for 22 years now. So our son at our wedding... One uh, used the payphone to call 911. <gasps> he didn't think it would work because it was a payphone. So the whole police, fire truck, everyone showed up at the venue. No! <laughs> <laughs> then our other son, we had balloons blown up everywhere, so we had rented a helium tank, and he was helping us. He was 10. A 10-year-old in a helium tank. What, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> he puffed so much helium from the balloons to be funny that he's walking across the parking lot 
passes out. <gasps> we had to take him, my husband had to take him to the hospital, get his lips sewn back together, and <gasps> buy him new clothes, and got back and was still in the wedding. No way! <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my gosh, they should have painted help me on your husband's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> was that symbolic of how crazy your lives have been since then? It has been one crazy ride, but I wouldn't change a second of it. Oh, that's great. Beautiful. Congratulations on 20 22 years. That's yeah, awesome. thanks, Tina. Take care. So we're swapping stories about uh, things that went wrong at your wedding. For Tracy and I, we got married. Um, we lived in Baltimore, but we got married out in the mountains in West Virginia. So it turned into like a everybody spent the night kind of thing. It was beautiful resort town where we got married. And um, for the wedding rehearsal, we're on our way to the wedding rehearsal, and it's a two-lane freeway to get there. And a tractor-trailer jackknife and blocked the entire thing. So the whole wedding party was stuck in traffic for like three. We were about three hours late. Oh my! For a rehearsal, yikes! <laughs> and rehearsal dinner. At least so it wasn't the wedding. That was the first thing, but that backed everything up so late that when Tracy went to stay in the bridal suite of the bed and breakfast that she had rented, um, they had already locked up for the night. <gasps> No. So she had to go and stay with like six other girls in this crowded hotel room. Aww, <laughs> so, poor thing. All these beautiful plans that we had of the night before, like wah, wah, wah. Bummer. Wow. Yeah. My plans didn't change at all. I still like stayed with the guys. We, yeah. we had a motel in the outskirts of town, so it was fine. <laughs> How about you guys? What oh, went wrong? Because something yeah. goes wrong at everybody's wedding. Oh, yeah. Our story is uh, the background information you need is all through high school and youth group. I dated a guy named Greg, mm-hmm. but I married. Glenn okay. and my youth pastor I was so close to him and his family that he came all the way back from another state to do my wedding even though he had moved away okay. and when they did at the end they dismissed everyone by rose you know to go out and my youth pastor didn't realize the microphone was still on Yeah, and he says really loud every single person heard him he goes Oh, man, I'm so glad I got through that. I was so worried I was going to say Greg instead of Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) And Greg's parents were there. His mom cried at my wedding. That's awkward. Yeah. Why were they there? Because they were good friends with my parents. No, no, no. And even though our friendship, our dating didn't work out. Bad move. He broke my heart. Bad move. Yeah. Was that, were you in on that decision? I had no, I mean, my parents had me send them an uh, invitation. They were invited. Yikes. No, it was fine. It was, I, I'm, I don't think Greg came. No, Greg wasn't there. How did Glenn's parents feel? Yeah, that's her old boyfriend's mom I don't and think dad. anyone pointed it out. They weren't going to go, hey, guess who that is? Glenn's dad. Why is that lady crying so much? Oh, that's. Taylor's old boyfriend's parents. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are they doing here? <laughs> That's not awkward at all. <laughs> Do you get confused about when to eat? I mean, there's something new all the time, right? Do you eat five small meals a day? Do you snack often? Uh, yes, intermi- and yes. <laughs> intermittent fasting is all the rage right now. I'm not making this up. I was working on this story for you guys. Yeah. And my phone lit up and it was a friend of mine texting me a screenshot of intermittent fasting and why it's good for you. And I was like, okay, that's so weird. Well, guess what? According to a new research on 11,000 adults, mom was right. Eating breakfast before 830 in the morning could reduce your risk of developing type 2 diabetes. 
They said both insulin resistance and high blood sugar levels affect your metabolism or the breaking down of food to proteins, carbs, sugar, and fat. And so they say, just like mom always said, you need to eat your breakfast. Mm-hmm. Apparently, mom was right. It's the most <laughs> important meal of the day. Yeah. Always. So there you go. Always. Have you tried, You've tried that intermittent fasting thing, right? I just do 12 hours, which oh, is, is so all? easy. Just half the day. No, I mean, because like, <laughs> no, think about it. If you have your last bite of food at 7 p.m. Who does that? You just don't eat breakfast till 7 a.m. No. It's very easy to do 12 no. hours. Of I got to have a snack fasting. between 7 and when I go to bed, and then I'm eating right when I wake up. You just told us mom said to do that. You just told us, but you'll continue to not eat till, seven, till uh, later in the day. Well, n- just 12 hours. That's like nothing. Yeah. But yeah, because mm. it gives your liver a chance to detox and stuff like that. But I don't do your like. Your liver does that anyway. Intermittent fasting your liver is. Does that people anyway. do like, they'll do like 18 hours and they eat all their meals within this like window. They wonder little why window. they're so grumpy and exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping at I've their kids. I've never tried that. <laughs> Hey, do you need to grab any groceries on your way home today? Coming up, these are the grocery store behaviors from our fellow shoppers that uh, annoy us the most. Do you need to run to the grocery store on your way home today? These are the grocery store behaviors from our fellow shoppers that annoy us the most. (laughs) Uh, Leaving your cart in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. People think it's lazy and annoying. That is. Yeah, not to mention you could damage your car. Mm. Uh, Leaving the checkout to go grab an item you forgot. I am so guilty of doing that. (laughs) And I try to do it when I know she's got a lot more scanning to do. He or she, whoever's Uh checking me out. And then I run. Have you ever had them do that on your behalf? Did you find everything you need? And you go, oh, yeah, couldn't find the paprika. Oh, hang on. Janie, will you go get some paprika for that? And you're holding it. No, no, Janie, Janie, Janie. Don't She's go. gone. Don't go. It's Sounds fine. Sounds like it's happened to you. Oh, yeah, that has. Oh, so I, I could not find toothpicks the other day at the grocery store. You know, to like determine if your cake is done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what aisle it's on. And I was just in too much of a hurry to ask. Aren't they right next to the little, uh, if you make little cupcakes, those little paper things that come in a stack and a plastic I looked in sleeve. the baking aisle. I think aisle. it's right next to those. No, it wasn't in the baking Janie, aisle. Janie, can you get toothpicks <laughs> for this lady? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the third most annoying grocery store behavior, blocking the aisle with your cart. Hmm. Now, usually, with, like I, I've done that by mistake before. Mm-hmm. You're not even conscious that you're right. doing it. Or you you're know? blocking mm-hmm. like... The soup, and that person really needs soup. And you're like, oh, excuse me. You got to move your cart. (laughs) I need soup. Move. (laughs) Janie, could you move her? (laughs) So something I've been fascinated with as we're coming out of this crazy year is all the reports you hear of people who are either in financial distress because of the last year or people are like, oh, yeah, I've saved more money and paid off more debt than ever before. You hear these I hear these two wild ends of the spectrum uh, of financial health nowadays. But I'd like to know what's your story. Where have you saved money in the last year and where have you spent more money? Angelica, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about in this past year, people are saying that they've they've saved money, they've spent money in different ways than ever before. What did you save on and what did you spend on in the last year? I've saved money on gasoline, mm. but I've spent more on food. Gas, because you're not really weren't going anywhere, and food, because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, when you say food, was that groceries or DoorDash or both? Gross. So you were, you were cooking like never before, too? Yes, we 
because now we were having lunch in the house and breakfast in the house. Overall, plus minus, did you guys save money or did you spend more money in the last year? Actually, was able to save you saved some. All right. Go, Angelica. That's awesome. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. Thanks for calling. You sound like a great mom. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Love listening to you guys. Hey, Mary. How about you? Did you uh, save some money in some ways and spend more on other stuff this past year? We definitely did. We saved on child care because yeah, everybody was at home. Right. Uh-huh. And I spent way more on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you're stuck inside, you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely need uh, more photo albums. I definitely need more cooking supplies. I definitely need more. Yeah. And it'll come to your house for free shipping. So, yeah. Did your husband ever say, what did you order this time? We had like a inordinate amount of boxes. <laughs> it was kind of like, when were you opening these? <laughs> Did you use everything you ordered? Because we still have that pasta maker we ordered way at the beginning of the pandemic and we never used it. Oh, gosh. There are some things that I was like, I bought like one of those like chin reducing face masks. What's wrong with me? <laughs> And half the pack is still sitting there, like, you know, and my, I still have an extra chin, so it's just the way it goes. Oh, no. <laughs> I might have also been spending on food, so I don't know. It always is happening. All right, Mary, yeah. thanks for calling. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, guys, have a good one. So one thing that you think we would have learned in an entire year, we've had to learn to get a year to get used to this, almost a year, is to remember your mask and we forget and you have to run back to the car or you, you know, if you're lucky enough, you go to one of those stores where they have the freebies they're mm-hmm. handing out right there and the hand sanitizer. Well, a friend of mine, I was talking to my friend, Julie, her husband, Mike, ran to the store for her and forgot his mask. And the only thing in the car was his wife's floral mask. <laughs> it was very feminine. Man up and mask up, And buddy. he put it on, and he walked in the store, and he owned it. And the cashier was like, I really like your mask. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's my wife's. It's the only thing that was in the car. And she goes, no, really? I you're you're really wearing it well and he's like could you please stop <laughs> he's this like six foot five big burly guy and he's wearing this floral mask in the grocery store <laughs> right right now could you just ring up my exfoliating products and the bottle of rosé and I'll be on my way <laughs> Coming up, a real-life example that even mom sometimes reaches a breaking point and needs some rest. You probably view your mom or your wife as a superwoman, right? Always working and doing for others. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how my wife does it. Yeah. I mean, I just saw a tribute. Our, uh, did you see the tribute our coworker Rebecca Hollis, put up for her mom? It's like, it's just this long tribute of... It's just such a symbolic thing of everything that moms do for us. But even mom sometimes reaches a breaking point, needs a rest. And here's a real life example. Uh, This mom decided to go on a cleaning strike. (laughs) She tweeted out a picture of the sink full of dishes and other uh, dirty stuff gathering around it with the caption, I make all the dinners and do all the dishes, and now it's someone else's turn. Who will blink first? <laughs> Not me. She also stopped doing the laundry and has refused to place, replace the toilet paper roll. And mothers everywhere have been riveted by her ongoing stories uh, because they tried it and they broke 
They could not handle the mess. They told their family, I'm going on a cleaning strike. And then they just broke. But she did um, do a follow-up tweet, this mom. Mm-hmm. And her husband is, it's his back. She doesn't, he doesn't know he's being filmed. He's trying to scrape old cereal milk out of a bowl that's kind of like hardened. <laughs> Surprising. Go like, honey, we're going to need to buy new plates. <laughs> just, I'm just not throw doing these this. away. <laughs> I love that mom that went on a strike. Like she stopped doing the dishes, stopped like cleaning up all the bedrooms and stuff and said, y'all are going to do this. I I will wait you out. If you didn't know this by now, the Kevin and Taylor show, we are on your side in this battle in the home between you and all those people that live in your house, you know, your husband and your kids, we are on your side. But what if you, a task, if you stopped doing it today, are you pretty sure no one would do? Is it dishes? Is it laundry? What would forever be undone in your house that you do regularly if you stopped? Is this Demi? Hey. So what chore, if you didn't do it yourself, are you pretty sure we'd left undone? The entire bathroom. My husband will notice that the sink looks grimy. The bathroom mirror is, like, covered in toothpaste. <laughs> and that the toilet is disgusting. And he's like, and after I clean it, he's like, thank you for cleaning. I'm like, why didn't you just clean it if you know where all the stuff is? <laughs> and what did and he, he say? Just, it would just, he doesn't say anything. He's like, eh. And so I just know that it would not get done if I did not clean it. Wow. So he just like kind of ignores it and changes the subject, just moves on. Yeah, he he's not he's not a cleaner at all. <laughs> you know what you should do? Uh, I've heard of dads doing this for their kids, like their daughters. They'll get him a toolbox for their birthday. Look at him uh-huh. like a pink toolbox with pink tools. You should get him his own like little house cleaning bucket. Like get a manly bucket with manly looking stuff and be like, here you go, honey. Happy birthday. That would be, yeah, that would be too funny. He does, however, cook dinner every night because I'm not home in time to do it. So kind of kind of levels out oh, there. Demi, Taylor's giving you the what are you complaining about, girl, look right no. now. <laughs> it's more positive. Well, now, like, just, ooh, who is this keeper? <laughs> yeah. Kayla, we're so dying to talk to you because you went on strike for two weeks in your family. Yes, and no one did a thing. (gasps) It didn't bother them? It didn't bother them that the dishes were overflowing onto the counter. It didn't bother them that there were dog footprints in my kitchen. Nothing bothered them. My husband, after two weeks, is like, I don't have any clothes to wear. <laughs> wow. It wasn't and until he, the laundry ran wait, out. That, that doesn't say that he did that. He started doing laundry. Did he start doing the sniff test for the least offensive of the dirty clothes? No, he didn't do anything. He now will do his own laundry if I haven't done it, just because we do have four kids. <laughs> but I'm the kids doing chores now because I told him, I said, this is ridiculous. I cook, I clean, I work. It's y'all's turn. All right. Good for you. Everybody, time for you to do something. They're five, seven, nine, and ten. I'm done. Oh, yeah. They're they're old enough. And and now that your husband has, like, the finest collection of pink clothing since he started doing his own laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does do his own now. I'm fed up because they don't put anything in the laundry basket. So I'm like, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Kayla, do you feel like your kids are are just becoming more independent and they're going to be more ready for adulthood? because of this? Uh, yes, my 10-year-old knows how to clean a bathroom better than most adults. All right. All right. <laughs> Training That's them awesome. right. Now, have you resisted the urge to go behind them and do it right? Like, my wife will do that. Well, I'll load the dishwasher. <laughs> 
behind them. I'll go behind them and make sure, but I make them do the brunt of the work. See, that's the next I, step of you letting go, is not doing that. <laughs> I just got to make sure that the, um, the the food's put away properly or stuff like that. That's just the only thing I go back on. But my daughter does such a good job mopping the floors. I don't have to go back and do that for All her. Right. Ooh, way to go, Kayla. <laughs> So Griffin and his wife, Sarah, are a young married couple. They've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And they did something the other day that you really only hear about older people doing. You went um, to the early bird special at an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> well, we do that anyways. <laughs> no, we, uh, we both got the vaccine. Whoa, how'd you manage that, buddy? Yeah, well, Wait a minute, is that a question you're not supposed to ask yeah. people? I think no, that's a question you're not supposed you're to ask. You're allowed to ask. No, I mean, that's I'm dying no, I th- to know. I think how the, no, the vaccine rules, you're not supposed to ask people that. I just oh. read that over the weekend. Yeah, so like, like, that is a big no. No, no. Sorry, I I, I strike my question. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll ask then. How'd you pull that off? You guys are too young to qualify. I know, right? If you have a child who has moderate to severe asthma, you're qualified to get it. Oh, and, and we it, recently found out our five-year-old son, Thatcher, has pretty bad asthma. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's really been struggling. Matter of fact, when the vaccine became available, it got way worse. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're all worried about being politically correct one minute and the next minute. <laughs> Did you guys have any effect? Was it a one-shot or a two-shot? It's a two-shotter. It's a two-shotter. Okay. Yeah, so, um, How'd you feel? I think both of us just had pretty sore arms afterwards okay. for a day or two, but that's it. Yeah. So we're good. All right. Feeling superior to everyone else. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Look at you. I'll, I'll tell, I do know some people that have gotten both doses yeah. and, and looking at their lifestyles before and after. Oh, yeah. You'd think they were on spring break or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the way that they're, they're conducting themselves. It's pretty much game on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, well, congrats. You're halfway there. Look we're at halfway, you. yeah. It is interesting as more and more people start qualifying for vaccinations, uh, what it's kind of doing in families with people who can and can't get the shot. I'll tell you something funny that's happening to one of my friends in just a minute. It's kind of funny with uh, the ironic funny with the vaccinations, depending on who qualifies and how they qualify and things like that where you live. Um, it can create some interesting family dynamics. And I was talking to my neighbor a couple doors down, and she was able to get her vaccine really early on because uh, she drove her elderly parents to get vaccinated. And they said, hey, you're you're taking care of your parents. You're the only one who can drive them around. Do you want the vaccine? And she's like, well, but I don't qualify. And they said, no, as a caregiver, you can. So she waited around until all the doses were given out. And when they had a leftover one, she said, okay, since there's one left, I'll take it. And so she got vaccinated first. Well, her husband then officially qualified, his age group qualified. And then her son got the vaccine because he's an RA at college. And I guess that qualified him as college staff Hmm. and college staff qualified in the state where he goes to college. And so that leaves one lone daughter all on her own and she's like hey this isn't fair you guys all got it and i don't right tell me what tell me what it's like out there you guys (laughs) yeah so she's patiently waiting and she's not an ra or you know there's no like backdoor way that she'll qualify she's just gonna have to wait (laughs) Uh, it has created an interesting dynamic hasn't it coming up this is pretty wild conspiracy theories 
influence our behavior even if we don't believe in them. Chances are someone in the past year has messaged you a video through Facebook or texted you a link in an article to an article that they want you to read about a theory that can't be found anywhere else. Mm. Happens to me quite often. (laughs) (laughs) You know the interesting crowd Taylor's running with. (laughs) Conspiracy theories are more popular than ever and turns out they influence your behavior even if you don't believe in them. Research shows a conspiracy theory impacts you after just three minutes of exposure to one. And I guess it kind of just makes you think through again, like, what do you believe and what do you trust and who do you trust? And well, the behavior that, kind of stuff. that I was thinking you were going to say it influences is, OK, you get something and you know right away, OK, this is this is out there. This is wing nutty. This is Area 51 or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just the, right. there ain't no way. But it's from someone that you love and you value mm-hmm. the relationship and you know that if you say anything to them, they're going to get upset and it could hurt your relationship. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through this whole process of going, well, this is not true. Going and Googling why it's not true and then deciding not to send them any of that info to yep. begin with. And now your half hour of your life is wasted exactly. going through the whole process yeah. where you would probably just do better to reply. Thanks for sending this. Delete. <laughs> I saw um, exactly. I saw a documentary on why can Conspiracy theories are so powerful and popular. And they interviewed a a mom. She's a wife and a mother, and she has two little kids. And she said during the pandemic, she was so lonely and so bored that the conspiracy theories following them gave her purpose. And she since doesn't Mm. believe in any of the things she believed for a year or so. Wow. Um, But she explains how she fell into it. It was fascinating. Do you love absorbing wisdom from people who have been there, done that? They asked retirees to share their favorite pearls of wisdom. Uh, The results were some true gems. Everything from saying, I love you more, being confident in your own skin, starting to save for your retirement early, not comparing yourself to others, don't spend all your time on social media and call your parents every week. Those were their pearls of wisdom. And they they did have a couple of regrets, uh, not traveling the world, wasting time worrying what other people thought and not staying physically active were the things retirees said. Yeah, I kind of regret that a little bit. Wasting time worrying? Is that what I'm Worrying about what other people think. Yeah. I heard a joke about worry. It said, you know, 90% of the stuff I worry about, it never happens. So maybe it works. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.